You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Man, this is going to be a, uh, uh, a special day. GP, you wandered in here unknowingly. Mm-hmm. This is Friday, although this is going to go out on Saturday. We typically don't do podcasting today. And you just happen to hop in here onto a time when we are going to do podcasting. We are back with yourself. We're back with Marty. We're back with Bruce and a very special guest, Mr. David Hamilton. How are you this evening, sir? Good, thank you. Marty, how are you this evening? I'm pretty much as, as I was when you spoke to me this afternoon, mate. Un, unmotivated, un, uneventful. That What was it? Uh, it's Friday, isn't it? So It is Friday, yeah. Saturday, so I don't know what it is. It's just every every Friday one does tend to feel a little bit better than one does on a Monday. Well, that's so, usually um, because it's the end of the work week. However, since we're all uh, permanently unemployed due to the World Economic Forum, I guess we, we really don't know what the end of a work week feels like anymore because we're happy about it, right? We're happy about it. Before we get to Bruce, I will just mention this. I mentioned the other night when I was on the podcast about one way of protesting that people have is to withhold their taxes if they're not happy with their government. I spent 40 minutes on hold with HMRC today trying to find out how much I owe them so that I could um, judge whether I should stop my direct debit. And that would be all my taxes. All, all bar a, a, a few thousand pounds, which I'm paying off monthly at the moment. But that was from when I was self-employed and not employed. So I was thinking about just stopping the direct debit and not letting them have my money uh, until we've got a new government. Gotcha. But, okay. But yeah, 40 minutes, 40 minutes on hold, and I still didn't get to speak to anyone. Isn't And they, they have the worst jangly, jazz funk, horrible hold music you've ever heard. I am surprised that the people on the other end of that, that phone haven't you know said something about getting the music changed because whoever you know whenever they answer um they've got an instant even if the person wasn't utterly pissed off to begin with which you usually are when you're phoning the tax man you certainly would be after 40 minutes of listening to that you're assuming Um, that they get to hear that music well when the time comes (laughs) they turn it up i'm gonna be yeah i'm I'm gonna be getting a, a very large set of speakers and holding them down whilst waterboarding the tax advisors and playing that music to them very loudly. Bruce, how are you, mate? (laughs) You really should tell us how you feel. Um, Yeah, yeah, what what Marty said. Uh, Healthy Alive. Um, uh, The the jazz music uh, or whatever, that music that they play, I would imagine is to get you to get off the line so that you don't actually talk to anyone. Kind of the same tactic they use for uh, um, CSRs. Well, there's, there's apparently there's a frequency that only teenage kids can hear, and outside. Yes, it's called. Calls, that's that's true. It, it's called conservatism. <laughs> they they play this high pitched noise to stop kids from hanging out in front of the drugstore. So that's what it's like. Yeah, I think I think you may have a point there, Bruce. GP. Mm-hmm. I'm good. 
How are you this evening? I am well, fantastic. Morning, morning for you. Morning for do me. What, actually, yeah. what, do what do we owe the uh, the, the honor of your presence this afternoon? What what brings you in? I have a microphone. <laughs> it's kind of. Uh, you're actually, kind of I'm training, responsible I'm training, for the I'm fact training. that we're doing a podcast. Yeah, there's, there's that little yeah, thing. Yeah. No, I'm training late today. I came in just to see if you guys were running. That's all. Yes, we're running. And the reason we are running today is because of what is happening in the UK. Uh, and that is because uh, the lockdowns that have been announced until, I couldn't believe it, March 31st, which oddly enough, we figured this out after you had gone off the other night, Marty. Biden's promise when he supposedly takes office, and I say supposedly very loosely, when he takes office, he says he's going to do 100 days of a hard lockdown. You guys just hit just about 100 days of a hard lockdown with this new one, haven't you? So it seems to me they're all running again with the same narrative, the same time frame, and the same agenda. Well, he, he can call a, a hard lockdown for the states, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen, does it? Because each different state decides what it's going to do. And it'll Supposedly. be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if some of these blue states that didn't comply with Trump's requests um, to see if they, uh, you know, comply with Biden's order. So uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see who does and who doesn't lock down properly. Well, I'm not entirely sure anybody would comply with his orders because he wouldn't know how to give one because the man doesn't know how to talk. So I think that's a good place to start. Uh, but I, I don't want to di- I don't want to digress and get off on or uh, I don't want to ramble and then get off onto this Biden thing. There's going to be plenty of time to make fun of that guy. But today we're here for a different reason. We're here because of what's going on in the UK, as I said. And I said it's an open door, even though we usually take Fridays and Saturdays. But until all of this stuff starts to um, reach its final days, shall we say, uh, more so than what it already is, then open door open door policy for all of you guys in the UK to come on and speak on Fridays and Saturdays. So if we have to readjust our schedule, then we will. Uh, Although we won't be doing morning shows on those days, we'll just be putting out whatever we uh, sit down and we come up with uh, with these fine gentlemen here. But Mr. Hamilton, I'm of the understanding that you had some things you wanted to go over this evening and you had some things you wanted to present, some things that are front and center for you. So let's just lead off with that. So what would you like to jump into? Yeah, sure. Um, Okay. In uh, around about the 9th of September, I saw a a post on Facebook, which basically was to, well, reveal from somebody who was absolutely incensed about it, that the uh, Office of National Statistics had sent them and obviously several other people letters uh, asking if they're interested um, and anybody in the household uh, that they occupy to um, have home tests, tests in the home. that these kits would be, I assume that's the PCR test kits, would be delivered by an operative. Uh, They would be collected by an operative uh, and obviously submitted for whatever they do to them. I've actually got something in front of me here, and it says, what happens next? If you're interested, we would like everyone in the household to repeat this study over either a month or 12-month period, but you do not have to do this if you, and then I can't see the rest, Um, It's been circled. Anyway, it's a a visit once a week from a study worker to collect a nose and throat swab. This will happen for four weeks in a row, Uh, so five visits in total. The the crunch for this person and me was the fact that, as a thank you, anyone in your household who takes part will receive a voucher for each visit. So that's £50 for the first visit and £25 for each 
further visit. And that is signed by the, well, signed by somebody on behalf of the Director General of the Office of National Statistics based in Fairham. Based in Fairham. Yeah, not very far okay. from where I am. There's, um... Okay, so uh, moving on from that, uh, I became aware of somebody who the job was advertised via, I can't think of the name, a, a, um, a, an agency. And I became aware of somebody who was the job. The actual now, the be, agency, be... I think it's been sub- subbed out to other agencies, but there's s- something called IQVIA. IQVIA. Just to be clear. Just to be clear, are these people that are taking temporary positions for delivering tests to people and then coming around and then collecting them after the the people have taken the swab samples? I'm I'm just I'm curious. Yes, Yes. that's what it is. Temporary position. Okay, gotcha. Uh, These were believed the 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 basis of it was the contract would run until March initially this year. Uh, Gotcha. I I understand that it was then possibly going to be extended until September twenty one. Um, but uh, uh, going back to the vouchers, I understand they were any anybody in the household. So that would be like if there were mum and dad and two kids over the age of two. I might add any any child over the age of any child over the age of two, they would then receive however many four times that amount of money over the twelve months in the term in terms of vouchers. So and I understand that they were able to be spent at places like Marks and Spencers. Uh, Tesco, Asda, etc. I can't prove that, but that's what I'm led to believe. The people taking the job were on £130 per day and 45p per mile. Um, after they were trained, they would then go on to to do this job. Um, let's have a look. What else can I impart to you? Uh, yeah, so I do know that the particular person that I'm referring to had sometimes zero jobs in a day, zero uh, deliveries or collections. Sometimes it may be as much as eight in a day. Uh, so it could, as I say, none in one day, up to maybe eight in a day. Um, I think on one occasion, it was about three in one week. And that is £130 a day, 45p per mile for the travel expenses. So I'm just thinking, where does all that money come from? But mainly, what was the purpose? What is the purpose? Why are they doing this? It's obvious to me, but I'm sure it's pretty obvious to you. Why are they doing this? Paying people to take COVID tests in their own homes. More tests mean more cases. More cases mean more lockdowns. That's that's what I'm seeing. And, and they're paying people. Yeah, they're paying people. Uh, they're bribing yeah. people to to justify yeah. the uh, uh, the draconian lockdown measures and to, to uh, break the, the population's will. Because when it all kicked off and the testing went into into action, the idea was that you only went for a test if you had reason to believe you might be infected. And so why test a broad spectrum of people who have no requirement for a test? That's the most sinister thing about it, and that's the, that's the thing that makes me most suspicious. But I'll tell you where the money is coming from. It's coming from from my taxes, which I I want to withhold. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the the idea that um, people would volunteer for free shopping, free grocery shopping, just to have a regular COVID test, even if they were not symptomatic. It it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, 
perhaps someone else would care to suggest why they're doing it exactly. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. You know, 20 quid is 20 quid. That's right. It, it, it's, uh, you're going to get tested anyway. It's, it's getting people to be, you know, used to this kind of scenario. Here's your reward. We're going to pay you with your own money. When the, the government is basically bribing you with your own funds, the government doesn't make any money except on your taxes. So they're yeah, getting and- you, they're getting you comfortable with the idea that here's your, here's your chocolate, go sit down. Here's your chocolate, go be quiet. Here's your this. So you're just getting, you're getting trained to follow all these commands and here's your reward. Tosh money. So, yeah. Well. What sort, of, what sort of people, what sort of people, what sort of person is prepared to do this? I mean, I wouldn't be. It just amazes me. It dismays me. Over time, over time, you'll find that you will end up complying or you'll be ostracized by the community around you. The community, the community, all they have to do is build a following. You get 10 people. The next thing you know, you're getting 20 people, 40 people. And the governments, the ads and the media is going to constantly keep reiterating. Look at these bad people that aren't doing it. Look at these bad people that aren't doing it. And the people themselves will start policing for the government. The sheep will eventually start, you know, getting everyone else to be the sheep because they will sit there and they will make you eventually or you will be completely ostracized. You won't be able to go shopping. Just wait for that. Do you don't have your immunization card, your identification card? No shopping. The vaccination. If they, uh, I've just been told a short while ago that they are giving people the the vaccination card. If you've had the jab, you get a card. Mm -hmm. You get Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a reward. Look what I've got. I'm so much more special than you because this is what I have. And that's our generations. Because if you look at the light, you know, these kids live on likes. Really? You live on likes. That's that's how you go about your daily life. And if you don't get enough likes that day, you're miserable. What? But that's what's going to happen. And these so these kids, when they get a card, they can brag, look, I got my immunization card. I've got this and you don't. Till eventually, and then it's going to basically spread into the idea that everybody wants to have it, has to have it. And they're going to race to get it. They're literally racing the line to get an experimental vaccination over here that they know pregnant women, people with immune comp- uh, immune disorders are having issues with it. And they're still going. We've never We're sheep. One, we've, we've got three now announced today. There's one from Moderna. Yeah, Moderna. Yeah. 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 So we've got three. So that'd be great if they run out of the other two. There's they could do a mix and match, can't they? On the uh, they say not to mix and match. Yeah, you can't mix and match. I'm I'm acting as devil's advocate here. Mm. I I mean I know they can't, but this is my thought. Oh, yeah, great! You could do a mix and match. How many more are we going to have? How many more vaccines are we going to have to fill the pockets of big pharma? It's not just big pharma. The people that are investing this are politicians, royalty, and everyone else is investing into these pharma companies that just happen to be the ones that the only ones allowed to give out the vaccines. They're doing it through the tax exempt foundations as well. That's the yes. problem right there. That that right there. You know, I was reading about that back in back during the time period of a book that was authored back in the fifties, uh, or excuse me, back in the sixties, and they were saying back then, if you want to understand how evil this agenda is that's being plotted down the road. Look at the connection between the politicians, the royalty, academia, 
and the tax-exempt foundations. And that's precisely what they're using through all of this. They're funneling all this money through their tax-exempt foundations. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Clinton Initiative, the Obama Foundation, all these big heavy hitters now, these philanthropic people, George Soros with Open Society Foundation, all these people have their own tax-exempt foundations. Why do you think George Soros only has a net worth of $8 billion? Does anybody really believe that? Does anybody believe that Bill Gates only has a net worth of $3 billion? Does anybody really believe that? They funnel all of their money through their tax-exempt foundations. They're giant money laundering operations. But if we um, if we just look at the type of people who are volunteering for this project, the families that are having these tests delivered just a second. month after month. Just a second. GP, are you still there or did you step away? I'm here. Are they doing these things in the U.S. as well? Are they doing these these because te- I know you're you know all about how the testing is working over there. Are they doing these drop off tests in people's houses or no? No, not. Well, okay. not as far as I know. As far as I know, that's by competition. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Mar- Marty, go ahead. No, it, it's just the, the type of person that would because someone asked the question earlier on who would do this. And I think it's the same sort of people who would volunteer for medical research, any kind of medical research, uh, you know, taking experimental drugs, that sort of stuff. They're people who are just looking for the extra cash, for the extra money. And I don't know if they, they do it in the States, but back in about 1984 in the Middle East, people used to get paid for a blood donation. We do it all free here. It's it's the the... The, there's a service set up for it and blood and plasma who- there is not a blood and plasma center in america that is not next to a state liquor store sir and they pay yeah so do they pay for blood oh and plasma yes as soon as they pay then you go right across the parking lot over to a state liquor store one of the funniest things i've ever seen is as i'm lying there on the on the bed giving blood uh in uh Sharjah in the uae seeing a guy walk in pick up a piece of cotton wool off of the floor, tuck it into the crook of his elbow, walk up to the cash desk and get paid without even giving giving any blood. They used to send buses to Are the ships. Are you serious? No, I'm serious. Because there was some kind of cultural reluctance to giving blood, every time a ship came in, they would send buses to the ship and say, we will pay you 50 dirhams, which at the time was enough for about five drinks. And all the matlows would get on the bus, go and give blood, and then go and immediately spend their 50 dirhams in the in the nearest Sheraton Hotel or, or whatever. But this guy who I knew uh, just walked in, saw all our saps lying around giving blood, picked up one of those little cotton wool buds, put it in the crook of his elbow and went and got paid. Uh, and I thought, why didn't I think of that? That's the sort of people I'm afraid that are volunteering to do this work for the ONS and for the government. And and why is the ONS doing it? Why is the Office of National Statistics running this rather than some medical organization? Totally stinks. I'm sorry. Yeah, great. It does stink. But these um these people are not all of a specific class from what I could gather um from my information. They're not uh shall we say people who maybe need the money. I don't think you're implying that, but no, not, not exactly, not exactly, but I know people um, who live in houses that are worth 10 times what my house is worth, um, and yet they go to car boot sales, find um, pristine boxes like uh, a board game or whatever from Marks and Spencers or wherever, buy them, and then return them 
because Marks and Spencers has got this, you know, no questions asked return policy. If the game came for, or the item came from there from a from a car boot sale, I I, I, you, I don't know what you call them. You in in the states there there is a particular name. For, yeah, we call for it the we call it an estate sale, an estate sale, or or, or those kind of things. Um, and they they live in these big houses, but they are so penny pinching. You know what they say: two jags in the driveway, nothing in the fridge. Those kind of families. Um, they have to volunteer for this. They've they've seen the ad and they've volunteered. And the driver is money. It's it can't be it can't be just wanting to do their civic duty because um, having a test when you haven't got the virus is pointless. Other than to prove false positives or the rate of false positives, maybe there's something in that. And that's only just occurred to me. Sort of people are they that will encourage somebody to stick a swab down a I don't know. A ten-year-old, a, a two-year-old, a over two-year-old uh, down their children's throats and up their noses. It's intrusive. I haven't had one. I know people who have, um, but it must be awful. I can't. I, I would imagine it must be awful having that particular up the nose as as far as they can push it, um, quite near the brain as well. I understand. They're just they're just doing uh, that they on purpose. There's enough. there's no precedent for any of this. They're they're just doing it on purpose at this point. That's horrendous. You know, I as a parent. And a, a grandparent, I couldn't do that. There's no way I would allow my child to have that done. If it was, if it was two thousand pound vouchers, or it's, it's a disgrace. I agree with you, sir. It is a disgrace. But this, this is. I, and how how do I how do I put it? If we go back and we look at the 20th century, what did that teach us? That that taught us a couple of things. First of all, that collectivism as a whole is a failure, right? So I'm talking about the way that they try to unify the world, because that's what they're trying to do here. Marty mentioned it last night. COVID is the new religion to these people. It's a religion to them. That's what it is. That's what it's become. They tried to do this in the 20th century with military armies and ideologies. They couldn't do it. Now they're coming at us with lab coats and public health departments. They're trying a different uh, a different form of it this time. So yes, it's invasive, but it's not any more invasive than say, a foreign army marching through your town, demanding you do what you're told. But now it's just they're doing it in public health departments and white lab coats saying it's for your own good. A question to GP, perhaps. Um, I've seen online uh, somebody who said they'd been given a skull when they were a medical student or student Mm -hmm. of uh, something, and it showed a diagram of the, you know, where where the brain sort of meets the end of the the top end of the nose. Mm-hmm. How dangerous are those things if they're pushed too far? These swans. <laughs> they're the not. No, they're not. You, you, you'll end up going in the back of your throat. There's actually <laughs> tissue lining and muscles back there that actually, it's going to go back into your epiglottis area, into that. So it goes right into your <laughs> nasal cavity. Yeah, it's not going to your brain. I don't know. That's the movie stuff that it's going to hit your brain. It, it's not going to happen. It, Unless it it's made of steel. Unless it's made of steel. But these yeah. are made of these are made of plastic and cotton. Okay, this is not or plastic and synthetics, uh, different synthetics. But it's not going to be. It's not made of metal, so it will actually bend. You can GP, actually pour water GP, into your nostril just, and it'll just come get out us your a throat. just get us a swab <laughs> and then just test it right here in front of. Okay, I'll show you. I'll just, show. Yeah. You know what? My grandfather could have done this. He, what he would do is take a straw and he could actually put it into his nose, and you can see it in the back of his. That's throat. awful. That's awful. That that's that's awful. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's I'm, quite. I'm I'm ashamed to say one of my party tricks was to inhale a condom up one side of the nose and pull, pull it out the yeah. back of my throat. 
Um, <laughs> okay, now we're going to get into those tricks. That is awesome. That, that, that's been done a few times. I haven't done it for, for very many years, decades, in fact, but I, I could do two at once, actually. But there is a danger. Ultimately, there's always a, some form of danger related to any kind of medical procedure. I mean, the, the sinus area at the top there is prone to infections. And yes. It runs all the way down across the upper mandible and to the back of the ear, the eustachian tube and all the rest of it. It's an uncomfortable and in this particular case, with these home tests, for no other reason than to gather statistical data rather than medical data, it's an unnecessary procedure. And if you did scratch that area, you could cause an infection, could you not? Only if there was bacteria or a viral infection present. Which, let's face it, in human beings... <laughs> With, we and you also have to have a compromised immunity. There yeah. are so many factors that go along with a scratch doesn't necessarily will become infected. You also got to remember you got a mucal membrane that will that is constantly in production in there. So yeah. there, there's a whole bunch of protective things going on because we do pick our noses. If, if, if the scratching causes an infection every time, people that pick their nose would be in a consistent state of infection. <laughs> no, okay. Okay. Fair fair point. And that and that's why we love having you here because you know these things and you can put us straight. Save us from ourselves. <laughs> however, uh, however well, I'll take you down to some rabbit holes though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, I think we can all agree that um this this whole concept of of people conducting test after test after test mm -hmm. on themselves, on their spouses, on their children for a few measly quid is mm -hmm. suspect. There's something wrong with this situation. I'm telling I you, it's Pavlov's theory in action. I think there's something wrong with the people that actually do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, like I, I tried to establish, the sort of people who will do that are the ones that will be queuing up, so, uh, queuing up outside sperm mm -hmm. banks or, or trying to sell their blood or willing to sell a kidney. They don't have to be poor. They're, they're they don't have to be anything. There's also people that just follow the media. What about those people that have just been inundated? If you only want to watch one side of the media, you will start following in line. I don't care which side you lose. After within a few months, if you only watch one side and only listen to one side, I'm not saying you listen to the other side, just the one, you will start falling in line. It's inevitable. It's human behavior. It's how we are. And you start only hanging out. Remember how the media says, don't spend time with people who disagree with your beliefs. Don't spend time with people that are on the right. Don't spend time with people on the left. It's the media has consistently been doing this and that trains you to follow that belief system. It's it's going in at a subliminal level and it's not mm -hmm. just news media. It's, oh, of course. It's advertising as well. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to say this without sounding like an out-and-out -out racist, but every advert on British television, on the independent television at the moment, where it shows a family, that family will be of mixed race. Same here. And whilst I've said this Many times, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, however, it's a subliminal... Good, because I have a mixed family. <laughs> well, like I say, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a subliminal message. One of the predictions uh, for the future from the World Economic Forum is you will accept your um, Syrian refugee as the future CEOs. And it's, it's like you, little white boy or white girl, don't matter anymore because uh, the refugees are going to take all the top jobs. 
and every family is going to be of mixed race. And that's fine if that happens naturally, but it's not fine when media and advertising are subliminally making people think that is the only way that things should be. Okay, this is just a continuation of what's been happening over the last few hundred years. The, I, the, the names and places have changed to protect the guilty, but the idea has been consistent. Remember when, you know, Mother Country here, you know, in, in lovely old England was over there in India, right? Yeah. They told the people the same thing. The people that are going to be your leaders are going to be Englishmen. And then you will also be English, but be prepared that your government people will be English. They did the oh, same thing in America. Yeah. That's and we not said, actually what to- happened in India at all. <laughs> what, happened, what, what happened in India was, yeah, you're quite right. There was governors of local regions and they mm-hmm. were white British mm-hmm. uh, people. However, the actual bureaucracy and, and local organization of government were the people from their own caste system that fitted into those roles. Mm-hmm. And, and and that wasn't uh, a case of, you know, the, the colonial masters uh, forcing a, a caste system on the people of the subcontinent of India. They already had it. And even now in India, the, 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 the their class system is, is far more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's far more restricting than any class difference in, in Western Europe. If you're not born into the right caste, you don't get those jobs, even to this mm. day. And that's mm-hmm. with them fully independent of under their own rule. You're not, yeah, you're, you're not going to see that in New Delhi. You're not going to see that in... Fin- finish your point. We're, we're, oh, we're drifting. We're, yeah, we're talking about the, the <laughs> caste system in India, and we want to stick with like, COVID <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's basically we're going through the same thing that's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. It, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a mute point. Just the people and the colors have changed. That's it. It's the same, same agenda. Well... I will finish one point. Uh, we had the decency to take those places by force of arms. There's been no war here. There's been no open declaration of war about who should be doing what and, and oh, where. Yes, and oh, yes, there has. Well, well tell, tell me when. When, when. when did they declare war properly? 14 days to flatten the curve. That's when they declared war. I see. I see. I'm at a loss. That's quite some weight you're doing there. What he's not telling you is that they're... Uh their air <laughs> yeah that's that's, that's, that's Star okay let's uh let, let's jump back to you uh david was that the only point you wanted to cover today or is there, is there something else you wanted to jump into the only other thing that i particularly noted was um that uh steve baker i mean this is this is still along the great reset road um steve baker a, a well-known um brexiteer uh and which i think he's i'm not sure what he's a member of but He's one of those that is supposedly uh, a lib- libertarian. Um, has had a chat this week with um, the chairman, not the chairman, the governor of the Bank of England and a few others online uh, about the, um, what did he call it? Let me get this right. Anyway, basically about um, digital money. Digit, uh, I forget the name. It's gone from me now. Cashless. Cashless, Cash, society. cashless society, yeah. Cashless society, yeah, that's basically what he's had to chat about. And I thought, I didn't really understand it. I listened to it and I thought, I don't really know what you're talking about, but I do know where this is heading. He got a lot of flack on a Facebook post that he put up um, about, you know, what he was actually doing. 
a, a lot of flack. I didn't see one positive comment about the idea that he was chatting with the Governor of Bank of England and a few others about um, this, well, akin to Bitcoin, only official, you know what I mean? Um, so I thought, yeah, yeah you're, you're on the bandwagon as well with the sound of things. But that's that's what happens. That's like what happened with Farage. I know how much how higher regards you held, held or maybe still hold the man in, but no, not anymore. Not since he's got cozied up now and agreed with um, with Blair. Well, he's he's lost it. He he has lost it, and and all of these people who put themselves forward for public office, they've got their own agendas as well. But I I can't remember the last real politician to have any proper convictions. They'll just toe the party line, spout the uh, the sound bites that the whip is telling them to. To, to spout and vote the way the whip is telling them to vote and always on the lookout for what's in it for them. And I think that's, that's what this discussion about the cashless society with the governor of the Bank of England is, was probably about. It's probably a, a, a way of lining his pockets at the same time. But obviously the article or, or the, the piece you saw, so they weren't talking about actual currency they were talking about a new digital currency that is not pounds. stable coin stable Sta- coin i've just found it stable, stable coin right. whatever that is stable ask a question about your you're talking about e-currency what would happen if an emp device was detonated into the center the memory center of a one of these you know these locations these digital banks what would happen? Everybody's money would be wiped out in an instant. Would that well, create a global reset? Well, funny, we well, had this conversation just the other day. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Bruce. So here's the thing about here's the thing about uh, digital currencies. If they're going to use the cryptocurrency route, it's going to be mm-hmm. a blockchain. And to okay. destroy currency like that with the EMP, they would mm-hmm. have to hit multiple data centers at once over a large mm-hmm. globally. Like the cryptocurrencies have servers across the globe that. When you try to access your account, it cross-checks mm-hmm. those servers. So for you to do that kind of damage, you mm-hmm. would essentially have to plunge the entire globe into a dark age, mm-hmm. uh, basically. Like a solar flare would. Uh, yeah, a strong solar, solar flare mm-hmm. combined with our polar shift that we haven't talked about mm-hmm. in a long time and haven't seen yeah. news on, by the way. Um, yeah, there, there could be... Uh, uh, or the imaginary flare. solar flare that we deliberately caused. What? I was going to say. No. It was, <laughs> we're in I've been minimum. listening to too many of these weird radio shows. No, you're right, though, because we're in a solar minimum right now. So there isn't mm-hmm. solar flares right now, or or they're very, you know, they're mm-hmm. very rare. So you could detonate a nuclear warhead in space, trigger an EMP. Our magnetic field is weakened because of the polar or the polar shift. I mean, that's that's a possibility, and you would plunge a good portion of the uh, world into uh, well, geez, you'd screw up astronauts and satellites, and it would be yeah. It's okay, Bruce. It, we'll just go to the North Pole, and we'll just go in that doorway into the the civilization. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You All mean right. the uh, from four nineteen forties where <laughs> where Hitler yes. is? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that right. one's <laughs> actually where Hitler is. Yeah. <laughs> That whole theory. Well, he's hanging. He, well, he listens to Jimi Hendrix play every night. I mean, Elvis is having dinner over there. Right. <laughs> yeah, with Biggie and Tupac. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, you didn't know. 
Come on. <laughs> That's a pity I was muted there because I was incredibly funny, but I'm glad that I was muted on the other hand because what I said could be misconstrued. But uh, I think that's why the, the vaccine has to be kept at minus 70 because it's actually containing Hitler's genes and slowly but surely <laughs> oh they are creating God. the monster race over again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being ironic and facetious, listeners. Please forgive me. Obviously, because they didn't use Hitler's genes because he wasn't blonde-haired and blue-eyed. And on top of that, he wasn't even German. No, he was Austrian. Yeah. But also, that uh, the the entire cast of the the miniseries of Vikings have been making extra money by selling their DNA um, and shipping it all to the North Pole. So you talked there about a cashless society. You, you brought up the whole aspect of a cashless society, which is an interesting concept because we're seeing everything being pushed towards that. That's their goal. They want to get rid of cash. And you've seen probably the excuse across the UK. We've seen it across Europe of, oh, it's on the money. Well, money's as dirty as they come. And I'm talking about in a literal sense, it's dirty. Money's disgusting because of how much it changes hands and everything that it goes through and all that stuff. They're trying to make it sound like, oh, cash is this bad thing. It's dirty. It's evil. No, they just want to be able to stop private sales. They want everything to be tracked, traced and controlled and taxed so that you no longer have an option to do any kind of private business. It's all about the small business. It's all about hammering everything that we have that's good and wholesome and uh, and produces over and over again. With a cashless society, they have full uh, full control over over that entire system of what it can be. And if you don't do what they tell you to do, well, they'll just turn you off. It's that simple. But how a dope, how a dope deal is going to go down in inside a cashless society? Well, it's going to go back to the barter system. I want four baggies of skunk and, and a wrap of Coke, and that'll be five chickens. Thank you very much. Probably. Is that um, also that actually, they're doing the cashless society drug deals right now like crazy anyways. They're, it's You've got like Cash App, um, Venmo, oh, yeah, yeah. all these things, PayPal, all of these. And, that, and I'm not joking. It goes down that way. Yeah. I'm not saying that I was at a house where somebody did that <laughs> in exchange. <laughs> Well, I, just, I just think I was, you know it's crazy when you're in the medical field and you go to people's homes people just act normal and do their normal lives when you're there doing a medical procedure they just well, continue on with like what they normally do and i don't judge i don't judge people whatever you're doing i mean you know gp what have you got in your hand because it looks like very much like the thing that was passed to to pence in <laughs> yeah. that tiny thing you had in your hand there what <laughs> Actually, if time, this was passed to Pence... I was going to say last time it was a pizza or a sandwich, wasn't it? Yeah, he was trying to eat a sandwich last time, poor guy. I was pushing him to eat a sandwich so we could get started, yeah. <laughs> so to, your, right. to, your, to add a little bit to that, if this was a cryptocurrency-style system, you can still, as as we just said, Venmo or, or using a different uh, system, for that matter... If they do a digital currency, there will be black market apps that appear that people will use, non-government sanctioned apps that you'll be able to use to do these kind of transactions. So it's no matter, even if they go digital and they can track everything, they won't be able to track everything because people will still find ways around it. What if, let's let's look at this though. Let, let's, think, let's take this option, for example. So cashless society, right? Let's say they get rid of all cash, which I don't think will happen because as Marty said, everything will go back to barter and trade, which I, I'm... I'm fine with in a sense. However, 
the minute that, that, that any government or any central bank comes out with their own official cryptocurrency, what do you think is going to happen to all other cryptocurrencies at that time? They're either going to be severely devalued or they're going to be outlawed. So, for example, right now, if you introduce, uh, let's say, your own currency, let's say let's say you're a, a country that comes out and says, yeah, I'm not going to be part of that banking system. I'm not going to be part of that. And and our people are going to do our own thing here. And, and we're not going to be messing with any of that. Case in point, Saddam Hussein. Muammar Gaddafi. Do you know what their biggest crimes were? They wanted to sell their oil in euros. That's what they wanted to do. So my point is, is when you come out with an alternative to the status quo, they're going to squash you. They're going to cut you down. So everything that that everyone has invested in this uh, uh, this cryptocurrency market, I, I don't see how. I mean, unless everybody in that um, uh, in that system is going to become their own outlaws, I see those currencies taking a hit or being outlawed or absorbed into whatever uh, a government or a central bank uh, decides they're going to put up. You know, it's technically illegal already for Americans, right? Cryptocurrency is a currency, yet it's touted as being a commodity or or, or something right. as, akin to right. stock market. However, it's a currency and that is technically illegal for, you know, an American to start another currency mm-hmm. in America, mm-hmm. technically. So technically it is already illegal. Which um, that's why Zuckerberg tried to do it and the U.S. Congress jumped all over him. Yeah, he's he still has it though. The um, it's um, Libra Ethereum. or whatever it is. Oh, it might be Li- Libra. Uh, well, that's the one he wanted to do with Facebook. Is he part of Ethereum? Ethereum. Uh, so I thought that was the one that he has, but I don't know. Maybe it's a different one. But anyway, I I don't keep track of of which currency is what and all that fun stuff. But nonetheless, uh, even if governments outlaw it, it doesn't matter. It's a digital currency. I mean, it's you may get in trouble for having it or or but how they're going to track whether or not you have a digital currency is going to be really difficult and i i don't see how they're going to feasibly do it unless uh every country in the world outlaws it and you can't own like a uh a server farm for example that would that would you would use for their authentication that's the only way they could really stop it is to to hinder they track your phone um Yes and no, because you can do currency, uh, for example, uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, you can trans, you can do transactions with Bitcoin and not be on a computer or phone. They have digi- uh, like a, a physical wallet that you have that stores all your information and everything that you can you can use that way. So, I mean, like I said, there's there's mediums and ways to get around government and and their tracking. But um, if they start if they start uh, barring you from having a large server farm. Well, you're I don't know what to do in that case unless you have a large facility black market thing. Just to clarify, he says that he had a discussion today about stablecoin and central bank digital currencies. I think that was not any it was like a possibly a collective thing. As I say, I didn't really understand too much about what they were talking about. It goes over my head, anything to do with money and stuff like that. But that is apparently what they discussed briefly. So stablecoin is a uh, stablecoin is a cryptocurrency, and this is just the 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 bit that I you know just searching it on the web. This is immediately the 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 bit that pops up. Stablecoins are cryptocurrencies designed to minimize the volatility of the price of stablecoin relative to some stable asset or uh, basket of assets. A stablecoin can be pegged to a cryptocurrency, fiat money, or to exchange-traded commodities. 
such as you know pressure metals and industry stuff. I think you hit it on the on the, the nail on the head earlier, Johnny, when you said that um, it will be a way of devaluing other currencies. Um, if you look at what happened in the UK when decimalisation came in, and you remind me of when that was, was it 1972, David? Uh, you've lost me there. The it's decim- too long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I remember it vaguely, even though I was just a small child, because a very famous British entertainer called Jimmy Savile came to town to announce the decimalisation. Um, and uh, he, anyway, I, I digress. But overnight, everything became around about 5 to 10% more expensive from moving from the old imperial money that we used to decimal coinage, the pound, instead of being 240 pence, was now 100 pence. And the prices automatically made everything about you know when they they went round the supermarkets and re-tagged everything everything was about five to ten percent more expensive and that's exactly what they will do with the uh the cryptocurrencies or or the 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 digital currencies if they try and push us to a cashless society they'll make everything more expensive overnight i have uh, a few other things here if you guys are all done on that if you want to switch subjects i got some interesting stuff here out of the uk i'll add something to the cryptocurrency bit so we kind of talked about cryptocurrency here the other day and mentioned that cryptocurrency is more or less limited there's a soft cap on how much cryptocurrency can be out there uh and and um trade if you will which is how the prices on cryptocurrency go up keep in mind that fiat currency uh as a business when you sell a product or whatnot you're technically creating money it's so the left is constantly arguing that there's a pie and in this pie there is only that pie you can't make new slices of pie there's only a limited number if you go to a cryptocurrency there is now a pie with a limited number with the fiat currency that we currently have, you generate new money, technically speaking. So there's no longer a you're generating new money. Now it's a the the slice of pie argument is valid. And when they say you have too much money, well, you're, you're taking too much of the pie. The Bank of England recently put out uh, a news bulletin or whatever saying that it doesn't know where up to £550 million in cash is. It doesn't know who's got it. Uh, it, it seems to be deficient by half a billion of cash. So that means people are storing cash still, and that's because they feel confident and safe with the cash as opposed to the digital alternative. So it's up to the people, or should be up to the people really, what way they want to go. People like the WEF, people like the IMF, the World Bank, and and national banks like the Bank of England shouldn't have this decision they shouldn't, it shouldn't be within their power. Um, but that's my final point on it. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. They're pushing us, you know, they seems as though they're pushing us in a direction that we do not want to go as the common people, if you like. That's exactly it. But Johnny, yes, you sent me something. Are you, are you referring to the Teletubby man? I'm referring to the Teletubbies, yes. And, I've never seen uh, anything so ridiculous in my life. This has got to be one of the most ridiculous things I've seen out of the craziest 
police response call that I, I heard about earlier, and we'll talk about that in the UK. It's unbelievable the crime that took place that the police responded to. Uh, but we'll get to that here in just a minute after this one. Council has recruited men with TVs strapped above their head to walk the streets and warn the public not to break the COVID lockdown rules. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah see, yeah, look at this. Now, see, D- David, you're laughing. You're laughing. It's like the a TV is just like the old-fashioned boards, isn't it? The advertising board, uh, the guy who perhaps even walks around saying the end of the world is nigh. And- <laughs> Though you want to know something really funny in small world? You just showed my buddies a guy, his name is Bruce, and he owns luxury light packing. He's making my backpack. In fact, it's on its way. He makes those, makes those packs to hold the TV. If you go on luxurylight.com right now, you'll see... He makes those packs to carry the TV. His name is Bruce. Wonderful guy. That's funny. It's such a small world. Yeah, I know. He's right down there. Bruce, how you doing? Yeah, Yeah, he's right. He's right down there. I'm so pleased for Bruce that he's... he's (laughs) But different Bruce. (laughs) Some some global action for his company. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is the most ridiculous... No, no. My my, Another friend of mine named Bruce. You're really... That's his company. And that's... He actually makes those packs. And that TV pack. He actually makes that one. Wow. Well, um, the, the and pack- that's part of his advert. So that's what I'm kind of curious. That picture you just showed, yeah, is his advert. Well, the the pack, and it's like three years old. Yeah, but the pack looks really sturdy and and strong. The trouble is, I can see the odd can of Heineken being thrown at the TV screen above the guy's head. Yeah. by people in the street. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so yeah, I can't but wait to see that. But there's not going to be any people in the street. I mean, that's just it. Bradford Council announced the uh, the Walkers scheme uh, this week, but due to public backlash, it has been forced to delete a Facebook post detailing its plans. I think because of what you just mentioned, Marty, because people are just looking at how absolutely ridiculous and absurd this really is. Walkers, though, like Walkers, yeah. Uh, no, have we devolved into a zombie movie or something here? No, I, th- I think it's more akin to Teletubbies. You've seen Teletubbies, Bruce? Oh uh, yeah, I know of it. Yeah, so, yeah, time for Tubby COVID. Um, that's that's what's it. And and of course, uh, they'll have a autonomous vehicle that will drive around um, disinfect disinfecting the area. That will be based on new new the Teletubbies vacuum cleaner. But see, people <laughs> people, people are already rejecting this. See, the scheme, which saw the TV showing coronavirus rules, right? They would just flash the rules above them when they're walking, you know, on the, on the screen, uh, was announced via Facebook on Tuesday, but officials deleted the post just two days later. The council claimed comments crossed the line into abusive people who are working hard to help residents and workers in Bradford District stay safe and stop the spread of the virus. <laughs> <laughs> so the backlash well, is already, it's already started. If they do incorporate the walkers um, and they they combine it with the app that tells you if you're within 10 feet of someone who's had a positive test, then the screen could flash up a big arrow pointing and showing the person who is infected. That, I think that'd be incredibly useful. Well, you saw the, you saw the one that was uh, the, the interactive screen that they had at the bus stop in the UK, right? Where the, the guy didn't have a mask on and there was a, a COVID spore covering his face because he didn't have a mask on. But when he put a mask on, the spore went away and you could see him. Yeah, yeah. They're all, all these fantastic... Um, it's public white- shaming. That's all it is. It's public shaming. And it's brainwashing as well, isn't it? It is. Now, I want to I want to talk about this. And you, David, being a retired policeman, I, I'm sure that you will have the utmost sympathy for this 
this just uh, this egregious crime that was committed uh, in your country. And, and to be quite fair, I mean, the outrage that, that you would have to, to see this kind of crime committed uh, in, in the UK, I'm sure this would have probably put you over the edge. Um, the West Mercia police, does that sound right? Mercia, does that West Mercia? Am I getting that right, Marty? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. The West Mercia police via the safe, safer neighborhood team for Brosley and Much Wenlock Twitter account. Sorry if I botched that. Remarked on the egregious crime which took place last night. Now, I know, I know. And I'm glad you're all sitting down because this is going to be tough for you to hear. Uh, there have been reports of two snowballs being thrown last night between the hours of 11 and 11.30 p.m. Uh, this is obviously not a justifiable reason to be out of your house, and this behavior is likely to result in a 200-pound fixed penalty notice for breaking the lockdown rules. Oh, dear. So it snowed, and people who weren't walking home from the pub because the pubs are shut threw snowballs at each other. So I imagine it might have been a couple of people coming out of their house and going, how wonderful it snowed. We don't get snow that often in the UK. Um, and when we do, we can't cope with it for some reason. And they bothered to, did they make arrests, did you say, for the crime? Well, no, no. They say that uh, police claim that the snowballs have been thrown at the homes of elderly residents. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they say that it might have been a minor inconvenience, but they're, they're asking if this is indeed a real thing. And it, it, it's a legit thing. They put it up on their Twitter feed and the police responded to it. David, as a retired policeman in the UK, what, what are your thoughts on how ridiculous this is? Totally. <laughs> I can't say any more. Absolutely, totally ridiculous. It's the majoring in minors thing again, isn't it? I mean, it's a wonder. I mean, we've, we have had a bit of snow, I know. And I'm just wondering how many snowmen uh, or women you'd be allowed in your back garden if you were allowed to actually go and build them. You know, I mean, is, is there a restriction on the number of snow persons you can have in your, your backyard? Uh, <laughs> it all crazy. depends on if they are magical snowmen and come alive at Christmas. Um, if they come alive at Christmas, we don't get snow at Christmas. <laughs> no, exactly. So, so it's kind of a moot point. But if they did come alive, then they would um, uh, contravene the rule of six if you had five snowmen and and two family members. So, yeah, it's it's something that needs to be taken seriously. And I'm so glad that West Mercia Police have devoted the time, effort, and resources into investigating this egregious crime that Johnny has brought to our attention. <laughs> Last night's podcast, David, I was talking probably unfairly, but I'm going to ask your opinion. Nowadays, people have to either serve their time, either they have to be a direct degree entrant to the police service or serve their time through as a special. Do we still have specials? Yeah, so we still got specials. Or as a pixo. And with the, I called them mall cops. I was, that was a bit unkind of me, but I called them mall cops. And I can see that the bulk of the responsibility for enforcing COVID restrictions will fall on the Pixos. And there's a danger that they will pick up that role with alacrity to get their necessary qualification and and to move into becoming full-time police officers what do you what do you think is going to happen i know that in some areas of the country that the pcsos have, have been disbanded because well for several reasons i suppose they don't have the powers that a, a, a sworn police officer has they don't have the power so they have their users i suppose and yes i think that has historically been a road to get them into 
uh, you know, as a pro- as a proper serving officer. But and so has the specials. That that's been a route for them. Uh, as for direct entries, I think that's something that you know with a, with a degree or something. But I don't think that's a very good idea. Personally, I think you've got to have some groundwork, a good bit of groundwork, and a bit of understanding of you know human nature. I, I just can't see that working. As regards PCSOs and specials, yes, that is a route in, and maybe you're right, but I, I think it's it's a dangerous thing to assume that uh, being what did you call them uh, something Mall. moles uh, mall cops m- mall cops M A double M A double L as in as in the security guards you see wandering around uh, shopping centres in, in America in the Middle East. We don't have them so much here. Um, obviously, it's private security firms that that do the security inside shopping malls in the UK. Um, I use the term mall cop because, like you say, they haven't got the full powers of a police officer, of a sworn police officer. Um, they are still in uh, operation in my region and, you know, mainly supposed to be the, the ones that have replaced the police on the beat to allow sworn police officers to have more time to investigate crimes and do other forms of policing. So that they are still here. And I'm just concerned because we had that discussion last time you were on about whether or not the military would relish the idea of patrolling the streets armed, thinking that they were doing everything for the greater good. And would these PCSOs um, also feel the same way because now they've got more powers to uh, act upon or more laws and restrictions and guidelines to act upon with the general public, giving them a higher degree of power. And therefore, if they up their quota on the numbers of arrests for COVID restriction infringements, that they would uh, have a faster route to becoming police officers. Can't do that. They don't have the power. They don't have a power of arrest, as far as I'm aware, unless that's changed in the last few years. They don't have that power. They have the power to detain, perhaps, but even that is um, a little bit debatable. But with the issuing of on-the-spot fines of £200 and each time that fine doubling if the the person re-offends, I'm I'm sure that the onus of that job is going to fall on the PCSOs rather than on uniform uh, full-time serving police officers. As far as I'm aware, and it's just as far as I'm aware, they still cannot issue fines. They cannot do that. Only sworn officers can issue fines. Right, okay. Well, you've cleared that up for us, and that's great. But I'm still concerned because private security firms can still issue parking fines. Private security firms can still try to fine you for littering because councils employ people for that purpose. And so the PCSOs have got even less power than uh, a, a private security firm. Private security firm, as far as I'm aware, if, you could, if you're looking at parking fines, if you're looking at, for instance, some company that runs a car park, yeah, in the middle of wherever, uh, London or somewhere, if it's a private security firm that runs that car park, they are not issuing anybody with a fine. They're sending them an, an invoice. It's an invoice. It's not a fine. Right. Okay. If, if, if it's a local council, a local authority on car park, and they directly employ the people to manage that car park, that's a different story. 
Okay, Privacy well, security curve—they can't do that. It's it's an invoice. It's not a fine. Right. It carries no weight as a fine. So, uh, I'm, until one of us experiences the the situation where we are fined in the street and and work out whether it's a serving police officer, you know, warrant card carrying police officer, or a pixo, I I don't know if we'll we'll actually fully know what the the situation is. But I've, I just have this feeling that. The intention is for PCSOs to actually enforce the COVID restrictions. I don't think they can, and, and you may well be right. It may come to the crunch where uh, uh, you know you get issued with a, a fine, but at the end of the day, you don't have to pay it, do you? No, no, you can go to court. You can uh, take it. You can go to court. You can go to court if you're agreed. You go to court, and and maybe that's what more and more people will do, particularly if. If they keep increasing this fine, this amount of this fine, and and I think rightly so, a two hundred pound fine, for instance, for I don't know, I don't know what they'd issue it for. Well, not wearing a mask. If you're walking down the street and you're stopped, and they ask you why you're out, and you say, "Well, I'm just out," then that kind of constitutes reason for them to find you. If you say, "I'm going to the shops," and then they see you do something else that constitutes a reason for them to fine you. Until it happens to more of us and more people challenge it, I don't think we're going to know whether it's even worth talking about. But it's one more thing that this government has put in place uh, that is grinding people down uh, and and um, nailing our feet to the floor. Well, I agree. Um, are the, the fines, at the end of the day, are they lawful? Are they the law? And, and, and that is the burning question, isn't it? Is it law or is it rules? There's a difference. There's got to be a difference. I, th- I think, and I'm not ap- sure what it is. Yeah. Apropos of nothing, I know we were talking about snow earlier on with the egregious crime in Mercia, uh, which is Oxfordshire, isn't it? Really, Oxfordshire and and that sort of I area. Was, I thought that was Wales. Ah, uh, could be, could be on the on the borders at least. I've just noticed that GP has got a pair of snowshoes. How, how much snow do you get in the valley there? He's back. <laughs> I find that funny that, oh, no, I just uh, got them in. They're my military ones. Yeah. And I, um, I because I'm going to be hitting the San Juans here soon. Um, the uh, Puerto Rico? I, I like Puerto Rico the military. snowshoes? Yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. And I'm talking about mountains. But the, um, yeah, not the Sierras here in California. It's the San Juans. I, yeah, I know. I know. Okay. The, uh, but I'm going out there. And I don't like the modern snowshoes. They just do not function as they don't float as well. Their float is it's terrible. And they're kind of clunky. I mean, yeah, it's great. I can spin around really fast in the, the more modern ones, but I prefer the old military style, the old magnesium and wire, you know, steel wire snowshoes. I'm descended from from a long line of policemen and mm-hmm. um well at least one. And uh I've got size twelve feet, you see. Mm-hmm. UK yeah. size twelve Same. feet. No way. How tall are you? Six one. Wow. Yeah, he's a he's a fairly large fellow. When I first met him, I thought, man, this guy's a power lifter in his spare time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I, I don't tend to need snowshoes because my feet cover en- enough surface area anyway. But um, mm. I've never actually <laughs> worn them. But, uh, but again, we don't get we don't get enough snow. I enjoy snow, but. We, we don't get it to, to any great degree. And when here. you do, and when you do, the West Mercia Police Department are all over it. They are all over it. And, and yes, damn those snowballs. 
and the trains won't run and um, uh, the, the roads grind to a halt and uh, it, it's all pretty awful. Whereas we the are. rest of the world know what to do. Would you guys like to call it an end or do you want to cover any more topics? It's entirely up to you. I'm fine. We've had a reasonable discussion tonight. Thank you very much, everyone. And I've got nothing further to add at this juncture. I am the same. It's been very interesting once again. Nothing to add to, add to this juncture or at this juncture either. Hopefully, uh, we will see you again very soon. I know not Absolutely. when, but I'll be, I'll be back if I can be. <laughs> of course. Of course. Like I said, we normally don't do these on Fridays and Saturdays. It doesn't really matter what day. I mean, we will make arrangements uh, from now until uh, the foreseeable future uh, to be here when uh, when we have to be. So, all right. Um, we are out of time today. With that being said, if you would like to give me a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor, I would appreciate that. You can get in contact with me over there as well. Uh, you can follow me at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster, or you can follow GP at he's not there. <laughs> it's hard to follow me on the trail that is right yeah it's hard to follow him on the trail we'll get him on we'll get him on parlor that's where everybody seems to be going we'll get him on parlor and you can follow him over there also if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com and we would ask you to pass this along to friends family and known associates please in this time of well we're living history aren't we gentlemen in this time of um spectacular events. We're looking to grow our audience as much as possible. So we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. Also, you can take our links, share them with social media on your news feeds. We would appreciate that as well. Anything that uh, that would help us get the word out and you being a loyal listener, helping us do that would work wonders. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate it. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Boy, this is going to be a long one. GP, Bruce, David, and Marty, thank you guys for being here tonight. That will do it for today. And barring any major events, we will not be here tomorrow. That'll do it for tonight. And like I said, barring tomorrow, any major event, we will not be here. We will be, we will be back again on Monday. So thank you guys for your time tonight. We will see you on Monday. Monday.